Go to uh, the fourth chapter of Romans, and we're going to look at some verses here. I want to, I've been sharing, the Lord really put it in my heart at the beginning of the year. It just seems to be getting stronger as I yield to this, uh, to preach and teach some more on this, this year on the subject of faith. And, uh, you know, you might say, well, my goodness, this is so, we all know this. I do too. But boy, I'm getting refreshed just going back over some things. And uh, so I believe the Lord wants me to emphasize something here about faith. I noticed whenever I started studying faith years ago, uh, you say, why would we be so in, you know, interested in the subject of faith? Oh, I don't know, just that the just live by it. Can't please God without it. Without it, you can't be saved. You know, I mean, it's the only way to receive from God. We walk by faith, not by sight. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Um, Brother Hagin said he would preach faith whenever he was traveling on the road. And he said pastors would come to him and say, my, you, pre- you, you seem to emphasize this subject. He said, I've never, pastors would say, I've never preached on it. He said, well, you never even preached the Bible then yet. That's, that's what the Bible is. It's the message of faith. And, uh, but, you know, so we talk about it, but really... Oh my, I believe we're doing it, but sometimes we almost, I know I can look at my life sometimes almost embarrassed at how little I practice what, what the word says. You might say, pastor, aren't you, aren't you living by faith? Just with every fiber of my being. But sometimes I see I need to, I need to grow. I'm not living in condemnation about it. I'm just simply saying, I am so hungry for this, for this life, this lifestyle. This is such, uh, so where, where God intended that we live. And, uh, but I, as I've studied faith, and I want to emphasize this this morning, I've noticed that many of the verses we go to talking about the subject of faith or walking by faith, many of those verses will bring up our, our attention, what our attention is on. And uh, let's just look at some of those verses here. And he, we're, we're familiar with Romans four, where it talks about Abraham and his faith. Uh, you know, you could start in verse number, well, you can start really this whole fourth chapter is talking about it, but let's just start in verse number 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, talking to us about the blessing, that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. God said that to Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Calls those things that be not as though they were because Abraham had no children when God said, you are the father of a multitude. God will say some things to you sometimes that don't look like they're so. But you got to decide, who am I going to believe? And so Abraham, God called them things that be not as though they were, but so did Abraham because God changed Abraham's name. Well, it was Abram. He changed it to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. So every time somebody said, what's your name? And he said, father of a multitude. He was saying that. He was calling himself something. He, he was calling things that be not as though they were just as much as God did. That's the point there. The, uh, it looks like the subject at the end of verse number 17 is God calling things that be not as though they were. But look at verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Who's the subject at the beginning of verse number 18? Abraham and his faith. Well, so then the, the, you, 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 the subject at the end of verse 17 is Abraham and his faith too. He's not switching subjects. Then verse number, who against hope believed in hope that he might, verse 18, against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, notice, he considered not his own body now dead. 
When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. See, all these are faith words, persuasion, uh, he staggered not, uh, you know, so forth. These are all things talking about faith. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Amen. And how many of you know he's saying that's how righteousness is imputed to us as well, is by faith. It's not through our works. It's by grace through faith. Um, you know, if you are going to do it by works, you're going to leave a lot on the table <laughs> that you could have by just receiving it rather than earning it. Amen. But that's another subject. I want to talk about this because notice in the middle of all these verses about who against hope believed in hope, uh, that, you, that you could translate that to be who uh, had no reason in the natural to expect anything. The word hope means expect. He uh, believed in expectation. In other words, because he mixed his faith with what God said, now he had a reason to expect that all to come to pass. God said, I have made you, but he had to become who God had made him. So he had to mix his faith with what God said he was. Now, we're not just talking about Abraham. We're talking about our lives. God will speak some things. You'll read your Bible and you'll read some things he says about you that don't seem to be so. He's made you the righteousness of God in Christ. And you can look at your faults and your failures and say, somebody's not telling the truth about this. But you got to decide, is it God or is it your own thinking and your own... So he'll call you things. He came on the scene and called Gideon. And remember, he said, hail thou mighty man of valor. And he's hiding from the Midianites whenever God said that to him. Amen. God called Peter. He changed his name from Cephas to Peter, which means rock. And he was the most unstable one. He's the first one to deny Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? So God will do that to you. Uh, he'll, he'll call you things that you, the Bible will uh, put labels on you that don't look like they're so in your natural life. Yeah. It'll call you rich. It'll call you blessed. It'll call you healed. It'll call you delivered. Yeah. It'll call you seated with Jesus in heavenly places. It, it, it just, and you got to decide what am I going to do with what the Bible says about me? So, um, Abraham had that, had that opportunity to believe God. God said something to him. But uh, notice this verse here, being not, here, look at verse number 19, being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Notice that he considered not his own body now dead. That consider means to get, if you look up the word consider, it means to pay attention to. He didn't have his attention on his body. His body at this time was past the age of childbearing. And Sarah's body was past the age of childbearing. You know, the ladies go through a, you know, go through a time where they don't bear children after that, right? Sarah's past that time. Not only has she, uh, is she past that time, but she had not had children, been able to have children as a younger lady, as a younger woman. And so there's no reason in the natural for them to expect to have a baby, but God comes on the scene and says, uh, I have made you a father of many nations. Wow. That gives, you, that, that gives you a future that you didn't expect if you believe it and receive it. So, but my point is here, he, whenever God said that, he had to get his attention off 
of the circumstances, meaning what his body and Sarah's body were telling them. Their body was telling them something completely opposite of what God had said. And so because he decided to believe God, one of the, one of the, listen to this very carefully. One of the expressions of believing God, we talk about expressing our faith, how to express our faith. We do it with our words, so forth. We all, we all understand that and that's all still true. But here's something. Uh, one of the ways you express your faith is you turn your attention from that which the body is saying or the natural realm is saying or the enemy is saying. Yes. And you get your attention off of that and turn your attention to what yes. God said. Amen. Yes. That is where the fight of faith right. really is. Yes. 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 I said, that's where the fight of faith really is. Anybody interested in walking by faith? Yes. Every now and then I preach on faith and I think, first of all, maybe I ought to back up and make people really hungry for it. Yes. Yes. You know, faith will enable you to do some mighty things. It'll, it'll enable you to rejoice whenever you don't see the circumstances like you want them to. Amen. It'll enable you to do the impossible. Yeah, it'll enable you to, uh, uh, you know, just, just uh, receive from God whenever there's no, nothing in the natural that says it could ever happen. And so, anyway, but walking by faith is something that I think this congregation has a taste for. And uh, I want to go higher this year. Pastor Nancy said at the beginning of this year, the Lord spoke to her to, to, that it would be a year of flourishing faith. I thought that was interesting because before I heard that, I started getting this stirring in my spirit, talking to Pastor Ike, and he said it was stirring in his spirit. Amen. I'm sure and he's taking all my sermons and just preaching them, you know. Amen. I'll just see if I get a text afterwards. This is my way of seeing if they're really listening. They say they listen every service, but I'm just going to see if they're really <laughs> If I don't get a text, I'll go, uh-huh, uh-huh. But um, so walking by faith. Anybody interested? Yes, sir. So here's a verse that, uh, you know, and this is one of many verses that we use to study the subject of faith, and that th- those verses speak to us about what we're doing with our attention. Yes. Amen. Your attention plays a role in being strong in faith. Notice, being not weak in faith, he considered not. Strong faith holds its attention on what God said whenever the circumstances are screaming at us, trying to get our attention. Weak faith keeps its attention on the wrong thing. A lot of Christians think they have faith problems whenever they really have attention problems. Their attention is not on what the Word says. They don't meditate on the Word. They don't have a, uh, the, you know, meditation is a Christian discipline all of us need to develop. Pastor Debbie and I have had people come to us and say, well, you know, I have whatever the, you know, there's terms for all these things, ADHD or whatever those things are. Um, I've been diagnosed and I can't really hold my attention on stuff. I said, you know, well, then let's just tear those verses out of the Bible. See, that's what, that's what we were talking about earlier. We were talking about accepting things. Don't accept those things. Amen. Our generation has a very short attention span, but that's, not be, that, that's because they haven't developed it. You can develop a strong attention span or a, more, a longer attention span just like you can develop in anything else. Amen. 
And that's why, you know, people are, pastors are saying, don't preach more than 20 minutes. Well, if I, I don't know how to do that, number one. I get, I'm, I'm getting my introduction done at 35 minutes. But number two, we need to train people. They can sit and watch a movie for two hours. You know, it's not a matter that you can't, it's that you won't do it with the Word. You'll do it with anything else, but you won't do it with the Word. And the devil will help you with that. Anyway, amen. I don't know who that, 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 who, that, who's anointing that was I just yielded to right there, but the boldness. I just don't accept things that everybody else accepts. So uh, who, look, verse 19 again, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So they, he kept his attention. Yeah, yeah, it was true. There was natural circumstances. He's not denying natural realities, but he's just, notice he said he considered not. I like to say it this way. He was just very inconsiderate of that. Thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, when your mind is totally caught up with the doctor's report and you can describe it up and down yeah. and you know all the ins and outs and how it started and where it started and where it hurts and how it hurts and what causes it to hurt and what's going to happen next week when it gets worse. And you can talk about everything. You've, you've been on all the, uh, what's the medical doctor, WebMD. You've been on there and you studied everything out. People can tell you everything about their hoogamooga, but they can't tell you a thing about by his stripes you were healed. It's because their attention is on the wrong thing. I said, it, I said amen. So being not weak. And see, when your attention is on all of that, let me, let me say what I said earlier. When you are uh, attending to God's word, you're being inconsiderate of everything that the circumstances are saying. But when you're attending to the circumstances, you're being very inconsiderate of God. Being very inconsiderate of God. God's over here going, hey, hello. Somebody says, the devil's talking so loud. God is too. God's talking. You just have to listen. All right. Now, many of the verses we go to that, that we talk about faith from, they really talk about our attention. Think about Matthew chapter number six. We're familiar with, you know, uh, take no thought saying, right? Amen. Take no thought saying, what is it? Four or five times in verses... Uh, Maybe 25 down through 34 or something like that. I'd have to count them again. But four or five times down through there, it says, take, take no thought, saying, or take thought, uh, like uh, verse number, uh, behold, the fowl, verse number 26, the fowls of the air, they reap, uh, so not, neither do they reap, neither get into the barn, yet you have a father feedeth them. How much better are you than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought? You might want to underline that. Take ye thought. Yeah. For raiment, consider the lilies of the field, so forth. Verse 29, uh, uh, verse 30, therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow's cast into the oven, how, uh, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, verse 31, take no thought, saying. Thoughts are being presented to you, don't take them. I'm talking about the wrong thoughts. Things are coming to your attention all the time. And your body will talk to you. Circumstances will talk to you. Your finances will talk to you. 
And somebody will come along inspired by the devil to say exactly what the devil's saying to your mind already. This is where the good fight of faith is fought. Right what I'm talking about. The battleground is not between Satan and God. It's in your mind with what's coming to your thought life. What's coming to your thought life will drop into your spirit if you, if you uh, hold it in your thought life. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to get it on the inside of you. It's not thoughts coming that make you fail in faith. It's whenever you let them, you, you turn them over in your mind and you think them after the, I'm talking about Satan's thoughts. You think them after Satan and you let them become a part of your thought life and eventually they'll drop into your spirit. That's why Proverbs 4 says, my son, attend to my word, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thy eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. He starts out with your attention and ends up in your heart. Because that's what the enemy does. Uh, God does too, by the way is that there are thoughts that are designed, when the thoughts come into your mind, they're designed, whether they're from God or from the enemy, they're designed to get them into your heart, which is another way of saying believing them. With the heart, man believeth. You ever read that in Romans chapter number 10? So Satan's trying to get things in your heart. God's trying to get his imperishable seed into your heart. What you believe matters. Absolutely. Jesus said over and over again, according to your faith, be it unto you. Your life's going to go to the direction of your believing and your saying and your, and, 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 and your, think, your thought life is a big part of guarding your heart. Listen, that's what Proverbs 4 says. It's a big part of guarding your heart before you even get into faith. Your thought life has a role. Let me just say this. I didn't intend to get into this this early. But according to the word, your attention, which is your thoughts is the seed that you plant to reap a heart full of faith. In other words, you've got to give God your attention or give the word your attention for faith to build in your heart. That's why I said earlier, people think, well, I have a a faith problem. No, you have an attention problem. You can get faith. It's easy. It's available. People say sometimes, well, I just don't have the faith to tithe. I've had people say that. And I said, of course, they were saying that for a couple of years. I said, what have you done to get faith? See, they just want to say, well, I don't have any faith. Don't have any. Well, no, you haven't done anything to get any. You got to see faith comes on purpose. It's the truth. Amen. So I'm going to keep preaching this. Hallelujah. Now, um, so your attention has a role to play before faith. Amen. Proverbs 4 is the role your attention plays to help get you into faith. In other words, build faith into your heart. Now, these other verses, there are verses in the Bible that talk to you about the role your attention plays in faith after you take a stand of faith. Some people don't have faith because, for something because they've never fed on the Word of God along that line. That includes your attention, by the way. <clears throat> they've never sat in services like, you know, uh, healing services like what we preached in Kansas City last weekend about faith for healing, for example. Their attention's not on that. It's on, well, Dr. So-and-so thinks or Rabbi so-and-so thinks or so-and-so thinks, and this is the way we believe it at our church. None of that matters. It's what's the God, God Word say. Amen. You got to just divorce the world. And, and really the religious church world. You got to just divorce the religious church. I'm not talking about the body of Christ, true believers. I'm talking about the religious church world. You just, that's, not, that's not you. Amen. 
So the, your attention plays a role before faith. Uh, whatever your mind is on and your attention is on, eventually get into your heart and you'll start believing it. That's why the devil works on you and says, well, you know, some people he'll work on, maybe not everybody, but different things for different people, but he'll work on something, you know, you're not going to live past the age of such and such, you know, such and such, and, you know, you're, you're going to die of cancer just like your aunt and your, your, your grandma and whoever, you know, and your mama, and, you know, so that's in your family tree. That's what he's trying to hold their attention on that because he wants to get it inside of them so he can perform it. Yes. Of course, them speaking is a part of that, but, but um, that's the role that, that your attention plays before faith. You got to guard what your attention is on. When thoughts come to you, do something with them. Every mind needs a bouncer by the doors. I don't know. We won't look at, look at anybody in particular. We'll just look at the ceiling. But have you ever, before, before Christ, <laughs> before Christ, have you ever gone to a party where there were bouncers? Just look at, everybody look at the ceiling. We, we won't do it. And there were bouncers there, and they wanted, they wanted ID. They wanted an invitation where you invited to this party. Because there are nefarious things going to happen here tonight. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I know, look They don't want any spies. We, they, they, they knew exactly who they wanted there, and then they knew who they didn't want there. So... There was a bouncer there, and he's checking for ID or checking for the invitation or whatever. Isn't that right? Because, you know, well, that's the way your mind is. Every mind needs a bouncer by the doors. When a thought comes, check the ID. Where'd you come from? Scripture and verse, please. That's, what it, that, that's all I allow in. Yes. I have a mind under renovation by the Word of God. Amen. And it's got one of those yellow police tapes around it, and, and you can't get in unless you've got, you know, unless you're in line with the Word of God. See, people, they wonder, how, how can I tell if God is the one, you know, that thought came from God or came from, is it in line with the Bible? Right? Let's just take the love of God. Bible talks about us walking in love. Can you tell if that thought came from God? By, if, if it's offense, if it's unforgiveness and so forth, who, who thinks that's from God? Anybody think? Okay, no. Okay. So what if it's forgive them, let it go, it's not worth it, uh, you know, so forth and so on. Oh. See, you do that in that area, you do the same thing with doubt. Well, maybe it's God trying to tell me ahead of time I'm going to die. That's doubt. Yeah. Doubt. Doubt. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, but what abouts or doubts? And they need to be kicked out. Yes, sir. Let's see if you can get that. Yeah, but what abouts? Yeah, but what abouts? Our doubts. Our doubts. Need to be kicked out. Need to be kicked out. That's right. You're the bouncer. Yes, sir. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, see, me, bouncer. When things come to my thought life. Well, listen, listen, you say, well, pastor, I know all this, but before you get home this afternoon, you will have to practice what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah. You, you know, you'll have a thought come to you. You see South sister so-and-so just walked right past you. She didn't even love you. You know, she said she loves you, but, and you'll have to deal with a thought, some kind of thought if by the time you get home. It's the truth. This is not something this, you know, nobody has to deal with here tonight. I mean, t- today, excuse me, today. 
So, but anyway, uh, Romans chapter 4 talks about faith and it talks about our attention. Matthew 6 talks about uh, faith. Notice he said here, we were just reading this, O ye of, look at the end of verse 30, O ye of little faith. Then he said, take no thought. Over and over he said, take no thought. And then he said, O ye of little faith. In other words, taking the wrong thoughts reduces your faith down to little. That's what it meant when it said, be not weak in faith, Abraham considered not. If you keep considering what the enemy says, what the doctor's report said, and, and what he's t- the enemy's telling you is going to happen, you know, you're not going to live your whole life out or whatever. You keep taking those thoughts, you have a puny little faith. That, you know, if all, Brother Hagin said one time, he said, if all their brains were dynamite and it all went off at once, he said, wouldn't it be enough to blow their nose? He's talking about people that were not necessarily bright scripturally. Amen. But you can have a faith that is so small that if you lit fire to it and it all went off at once, it wouldn't even have enough thought, you know, power to blow the thoughts out of your head that Satan's putting in your head. Come on, come on. That's good. Well, we're not supposed to look like the pig pen cartoon. You know what I'm talking about? You know how people, you can tell people, I don't know how I got on all this. You know how you can tell people are living like pig pen? Come on. You ask them, how are you doing? Oh, just so yes. busy. I'm telling you what, you know, grandma, she's doing this and she's, Aunt Susie, she's half dead. And then my, my aunt, she got that disease and, and you know, my old hoogamooga work, it's coming back and that's what their attention's yes. been on. That's right. Yes, sir. If you say, how are you doing? And you th- they say, I'm just telling, I'll tell you, I am seated with Jesus yeah. in heavenly places. Amen. Oh, now they've been meditating in the Word day and night. So Matthew 6, Romans 4, think about Isaiah 26, one of my favorites. In fact, this is how the Lord started getting my attention about what I'm thinking about. This verse is one of my favorites. uh, Isaiah 26, look at verse number 3. Verse 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now, you can stop right there and say he's talking about our attention or our thought life, and he is, but keep on reading, because he trusteth in thee. A man of faith does the right thing with his attention. Can you see? He's connecting walking by faith with doing something, with doing the right thing with our attention. So there's a role your attention plays to get into faith. Proverbs 4 is the basic scripture for that. And there's a role that our attention plays after we stand in faith. Let's go over to uh, 2 Corinthians to look at that one. Uh, this is only one of many verses. If you want to write down 1 Timothy 6.12 while you're going there, that's really what that's talking about. But uh, that's the good fight, fight the good fight of faith verse. But look here at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. This is the role of your attention after faith. Look at verse number, uh, verse three, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Look at verse two, or excuse me, verse five, casting down what? Imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. Okay, underline those things. You know, strongholds, imaginations uh, in the area of the knowledge of God. Or imaginations against the knowledge of God. Then he said in verse number five, 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now here's verse six is also good. Having all readiness uh, in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Having all readiness in the, I I think one of the, maybe not all of them, but one of the Spanish translations says pronto. (laughs) Readiness means pronto. To revenge all done. In other words, to deal. Well, I think the Amplified says with all all undisciplined, uh, casual hearing of the word or something. In other words, just not, just not doing anything with what we heard. Coming to church and hearing it and going away and forgetting it. In other words, our attention is totally on something else. And we don't think about what was preached until the next time we go to church. And we hear it preached again, we're going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Last Sunday, I remember that. Not good enough. I'm not interested in victory on Sundays. Come on now. Only. Come on. I'm qualify. I'm interested in victory all the time. See, I came, the reason this is so precious to me is because um, I was tormented as a teenager. I've said this many times, just, just harassed, to be honest with you. Uh, opened my mind up to wrong things and opened the door to the devil. I'm not giving the devil glory. I'm just simply saying he'll take advantage of lack of knowledge of the word. Mm-hmm. And I was very tormented, very harassed. I mentioned it before. It's almost like somebody had a, a vice grip on my head and just kept on screwing it tighter and tighter. Actually, I ended up with a physical manifestation in my, of a headache, constant, he, almost constant, not exactly, but almost constant headache. Yeah. Yeah. It was a vexation. It was a yes. torment. Yes. And, um, you know, it was just getting worse. Yeah. And, you know, my, my father had yielded to depression and things were, were uh, you know, trying to get a hold of me. Yeah. Not trying, not, I'm just simply saying he was trying to do it. But the Lord started teaching me that what was, it was important what I was thinking about, what my attention was on. Now you might think it's strange, but I had never thought about what I thought about. Never had thought about what I thought about. Amen. You need to sneak up on yourself from time to time and just say, Hey, what are you thinking about? I've I've even told people set an alarm, some random time. During the day, set some random time on your alarm so that it goes off when you weren't expecting it. And here's what the purpose of that is. So whenever it goes off, your assignment is, what are you thinking about? Oh, I'm sitting here thinking about what am I going to do about my finances? Worrying about my finances. Amen. And then we wonder why things aren't working. Well, we've been just worrying the whole time. But so, uh, but my, my mind was very vexed and I realized the Lord started talking, Isaiah 26, three is one of the first verses my mind had to be stayed on the Lord. I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess I can control what I think about. Yeah. I know that sounds strange that, you know, but, but it was a revelation to me. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be controlling what every thought that comes to me is not thought food for me. It's not something I'm to entertain in my thought life. This is, this is how spiritual things work. This is how the devil tries to get into people's lives. He brings a thought, a suggestion, uh, and, and then sometimes he keeps on hounding on it to try to get us to take it. Remember Jesus said, take no thought. He didn't say they won't come. He said, you, you got to decide if you're going to take those wrong thoughts. We've preached on this many times, but... I'm going to preach it for the rest of my life because I I used to be, I used to be all oppressed about some of these things. 
So uh, take no thought. So, okay, it's my responsibility. They understood subjects me. Take no thought. Okay, uh, he said here in Isaiah 26, 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's not God's responsibility. That's my responsibility. Yes, sir. What I'm thinking about is my responsibility. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I have watched people, they are convinced that God's leading them a certain direction. And later out, it proved that it wasn't. But, um, but my point is, they were convinced, and because I was their pastor and more developed spiritually than they were, I knew what had gone on. Yeah. I, knew, I knew why they got that conviction. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, that I'm supposed to tell everybody everything. Right. I'm just saying yeah, I knew what was getting ready to happen. Right. You can't always tell everybody everything. Right. But um, I knew what was getting ready to happen, and then, and then I knew why they got that conviction. It's because they just kept on meditating on it and meditating on it, thinking about it and thinking about it. Yeah. Everything that comes to your mind before you entertain it in your thought life, ask yourself, where did that come from? Yeah. 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 Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. You might get, you might say, well, the Lord's dealing with me. Such and such is going to happen. And the only reason you say that is because last night you watched the news report that it was had something to do with that. That's not the Lord. That's called the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. So here's another verse that puts together, Isaiah 26, 3, puts these two together. Amen. Now, after you're in faith, you have to do with this 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6 here, deal with your, he calls them strongholds, imaginations, and thoughts. And he said, cast them down, right? Amen. Pull them down is the one on strongholds, casting down the imaginations and every high thought against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. So cast down, pull down, bring into captivity. Right? He's talking about arresting them, taking them into captivity. That's what a policeman does. You're under arrest. Right. Well, you need to do that with your faith. Your faith needs to get a hold of your attention. When wrong thoughts come to you, you need to say to those thoughts, back off. Yep. No, that's right. I've got a mustard seed of faith and I'm going to use it. That's Amen. right. Amen. 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 That's all it Amen. <laughs> Amen. I've got a mustard Some of you didn't get that. Come on. Come on. We have a mustard seed of faith, right? Yes. Back off. I've got a mustard seed of faith and I'm going to use it. Yes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Ask your wife when you go home. She'll explain it to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's important. Okay, so that's another verse. Now let's go to one last one, or, or at least refer to one last one. That's Isaiah 26.3. How about um, Hebrews chapter number 12? You might want to turn to this one. This is not something most, most people are really familiar with. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> what you've been thinking about. Hmm. Hebrews, I said 12, but I didn't mean 12. I meant chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is the great hall of fame of faith, right? It talks about different men of faith, women of faith. And it talks about Moses in verse 23 down through verse number 27. And uh, first it talked about Moses' parents. Then when he was come to years, verse 24, he refused to be called son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let's go down to uh, verse 27. By faith... 
He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Seeing, look at that. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Remember the Bible said we're to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's not visible. He's not visible to the physical eye. How do you look to Jesus when he's not visible? You got to do it with some other kind of eyes. Right? Thinking, thinking, are you thinking with me this morning? Let's play this out a little bit further in the Bible. Looking, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know, you can keep drawing strength to keep on going and obeying God by looking at something other than what you're seeing in the natural. I'm doing it right now concerning Kansas City. I like the view in the word a whole lot better than like the view around me. So I'm just looking at the word. God's given me something better to think about. And where's that going to come from? How's that going to work out? Who, how, when, where, who? Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto, looking unto, okay. How do you do that? He's invisible. Okay, go back here to Hebrews chapter number two. I'm getting a lot of scriptures in today. We talk about the ministry of angels in the end of chapter one. And really that's the main uh, context of this, but it wouldn't be limited just to the angels. But he's, he's verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 14, talks about the ministry of angels. In verse 2, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. He's just talking, got done talking about angels. He said, give earnest heed, heed, heed means attention. Give earnest attention, not just attention, but earnest attention. Diligent attention. Now, I just kind of, while we're going by this, I know I'm just throwing a lot out a lot, lot real fast, but it's coming fast. So I'm just giving it like it comes. Uh, remember in the Old Testament, God said whenever they were, they complained and the serpents came in, bit the people, God said to Moses, put a serpent of, pole, serpent of brass on a pole. Whoever looks on the serpent of brass shall live. The Amplified says, see, that look was not to be a glance. The Amplified says, with a, whosoever looketh with a steadfast and absorbing gaze. This is not a glance. No. Yeah. This on, is not a, ah! Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, no. Well, you know, I'm talking about a baby, a, a, a serpent crawling into the, you know, a snake crawling into your baby's crib. Ah! This is not the kind of look he's talking about. The serpent on the pole over there, he's not going, ah! Ah! That's not, that's not looking. Look with a steadfast and absorbing gaze. Amen. That's Jesus on the cross, the type of Jesus on the cross. Well, why is it a snake? Because that's the representation of the curse. He took our curse. The doctor said cancer, and I say, it was on him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm not saying, I'm not saying argue with the doctors. He's just looking at the natural. But you're looking beyond the natural. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so here he's going back in Hebrews 2. We ought to give the more earnest heed. Earnest heed. Sometimes, listen to me, the, the time to learn to develop this habit of earnestly giving heed to what the Bible says rather than your circumstances is whenever you don't have any circumstances. Right. 
Because this is doubly hard when you've got circumstances. So practice it when you don't need it so that you got the skill down when you do need it. Wise people come to church and give heed to the word even though they don't need to. When, when circumstances come up in America and people run to the yeah. church, come on now. we know we got some people that weren't too wise. God will meet them. Don't misunderstand me. But the time to, you know, go get a job and pay your, to, to pay, get money to pay your bills is not the day rent's due. You know what I'm talking about? You got to get out there and, and prepare for anything. So you're ready for anything equal to anything. Because you've developed the habit of looking not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. You, you look beyond the visible to the invisible. Whether it's Jesus, whether it's the help of the angels, whatever the word of God. See, the Bible is a, is a roadmap of the invisible realm. It tells you what is laid up for you. It tells you what eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. There's things which we're to look at which are not seen. This Bible tells you all about them, so keep your mind on what it says. Hebrews 2, 1 and 2. He's talking about give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest any time we let them slip. And in this context, he's even talking about the angels in the invisible realm. All this is invisible. You're looking at something, giving heed to something you can't see with your physical eye, which people say is foolish. I say it's foolish not to. I say I wouldn't have made it through some of this. I've been through two major, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of going through a third one right now. I'm not not glorifying the devil. I'm just simply saying it's a whole lot easier this time because I know what to do. But in my life back there, whenever I was so oppressed with my, in my mind as a teenager, that was the first major trial I had to overcome. And it always came with an attention, uh, attack, trying to get my attention on the wrong things or hold, hold my attention on the wrong. The second one was before we came into pastoring, we would transfer in the two years, really it was 1999 through 2002, three years of a tremendous attack against every area of our life. The only way, somebody said, how'd you get to, through those two things? The only way I made it through it was, I didn't look. Yeah. Okay. That's the only way I made it through. All right. If I just look, ah, I was done. It's like Peter walking on the water. He, got his, he, he was fine until he got his attention on the wind and the waves. I want to walk on top of that stuff, not sink into it. And so I've learned not to look. It's legal. People say, well, if I don't look, what am I going to do? You're going to look at Jesus. You're going to look at what you don't see. And I'm telling you, when you learn to do this, you, you remain, your, your heart remains peaceful like a placid lake. I mean, you might have storms all raging all around you, but inside it's a lake of glass, placid, just, just placid, just, just calm. That's out there, not in here. And not in here. Whew, my, my. I've had trouble and torment, and I've had peace. Peace is better. Praise the Lord. Oh, so, verse 1 of Hebrews 2, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time, look at this, we let them slip. Look at that. Slip means slip, well, from the context, from your attention. Because heed is your attention, lest we let them slip. Mm -hmm. If it slips from your attention, it'll slip from your heart, 
and then it'll slip from your mouth, and then it'll slip from your life. I'll say it again. Somebody said, say it again. If it slips from your attention, it'll slip from your heart, then it'll slip from your mouth, and then it'll slip from your life. Now notice what he goes on to say, for, so, so he's continuing this thought. You don't start a sentence saying for. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of rewards, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So, okay, okay, okay. Did you get it? Get it? Verse number one talks about giving earnest heed so it doesn't slip. Then verse three says, if we, if we don't do this, we won't escape. Why? Because we neglected something in our salvation. He didn't say it wasn't there. He said it was neglected. Not paying attention to the word is neglecting what God has available to you. Notice he's connecting verse two, or excuse me, verse one, uh, not giving heed to it, to verse three, neglecting it. Do you get, do you get that? Our attention uh, slipping from what God said to what his circumstances are saying or what the enemy is saying. How many of you know the enemy will use circumstances to talk to you? Our attention getting on that will be, and if we'll allow that to happen, our attention going to the wrong thing, then it's as if we have totally neglected what God has made available to us over here. The Bible didn't say it's not there. It's just neglected. So we'll live without it as if it weren't there. Absolutely. There are things in my physical body right now that would not be there if I'm talking about health and strength in the areas of my body wouldn't be there if I had neglected this, this area of salvation called divine healing. Absolutely. I was thinking about it the other day, some of the attacks against my back, I don't know for sure I'd be in, I might even be in a wheelchair. Thank God I didn't neglect that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody in here have things in your life talking about the things of God because you didn't neglect? Something came and tried to take you out. I think we've, I'm probably looking at, I don't know how many people right now, I'm just looking at a number of people that would have been out by death, death by cancer, but they didn't neglect what was theirs. Hallelujah. 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 Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Listen, somebody said, well, I just... I don't want to have to deal with all this stuff that's trying to get my attention. Well, Abraham, he had to get his attention off of his body. Sarah had to get her attention off of her body. Daniel had to get his attention off the lion's den. Uh, Israel had to get their attention off the walls of water that they walked through the Red Sea when there's these walls of water. You know, you could step down in there and go, yeah, I don't think so. And neglected their way of escape. Boy, this is good preaching this morning. I'm not taking the glory for that. I'm just saying, saying the Lord's helping me. This is pretty good for getting up this morning, not sure, not sure where, where I'm going. I don't take the credit. I'm talking about the Lord helping me. You could neglect your way of escape. That was a way of escape for Israel. But they could have looked at the, whoa, whoa, I don't think so. When you're holding your baby. Come on, somebody. You could say, no, I don't think so. Back out and do without. Go back into bondage. Go back into Israel. I mean, Egyptian bondage. 
Only, not because there was not a way out, but it was neglected. Why? Looking at the wrong things. That was not a foot of water. Well, the Red Sea, people say, oh, the Red Sea was only you know, six to 12 inches deep right then. And a whole, that's a bigger, bigger miracle. The whole Egyptian army drowned in six to 12 inches of water. So Israel had to uh, get their attention off the walls of water uh, in the Red Sea. David had to get his attention off of Goliath and his threats. I'm talking about how to walk by faith. Sarah had to get her attention off of her dead body. As good as dead, the Bible said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to get their attention off the flames of a burning, fiery furnace. Well, I don't want any tests or trials. Okay. Well, come up here. We'll pray you die and go on to heaven. You'll make it, but no rewards. <clears throat> no, we don't want you to die. We're just telling you, this is just part of living. You got you to face some things. But you don't have to fail at faith and be all tormented in your mind while you're facing them. You can face them with your attention totally on the invisible. Peter had to uh, uh, get his attention off of the wind and the waves. Jesus, according to Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and 3, had to get his attention off the shame of the cross. Paul had to get his attention off his prisons. He wrote some of the most joyful letters in prison whenever he's bound in prison. And, uh, you know, you know, Bible says, um, he writes Philippians, for example, and he over and over again said, rejoice. That's one of his prison epistles. His, his attention obviously wasn't on that prison. And listen, prison wasn't back then wasn't it is today. Today you get three hot meals and I mean you can sue them for giving, you make sure you, you get the right diet and all that stuff. Not back then. I mean, right there's a bunch of, right there's where they urinate right beside you over there. And over here's a, a, a dead man, you know, because, you know, he died in prison and just, it's not pretty back then. And he's writing and he's saying to everybody rejoice. <laughs> he obviously didn't have his attention on that, on the prison. You learning anything this morning? Thank you, Jesus. We can do this. How did I get through? I didn't look. Psalm 23, 5. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Those enemies are there. They're threatening. They are telling me it's not going to work. They're telling me this. You're going to fail. You're going to this. You're going to that. You're not going to make it. You're done. Yeah, all these things. Lots. Somebody said, well, how, 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 how do I get to the place in faith where that, I don't have to deal with all that? You don't. You just get good at ignoring them and being inconsiderate of them. You do. And you can get real good at it. It shouldn't be. When you come to church, everybody knows, oh, they had a hard week. Except if their mind is renewed, you're the one running around the church the most. Oh, they must have had a hard week. My brethren, when you, count, when you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. So the one rejoicing the most must have been the one having the hardest week. Right. Yeah. Come on. Come on. If we're really word people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the funniest looks this morning, but I'm telling you, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 I mean, some people, they just give up. They get a, they, they get a, a hangnail and they want to give up. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go there. 
Faith, faith has to face some things, but you get real good at just looking at the unseen and walking right on through it. Now, Hebrews 11, verse number 13 says, I don't know if I've really got time to start this, but let me just begin to close here. Hebrews eleven thirteen. remember the great hall of fame of faith? Verse 13, these all died, kind of summing up some of the things he had already said. These all died in faith. They weren't believing to never die. This is talking about they're looking forward to really the promises of Jesus coming is what he's talking about. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, now notice this, and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They were persuaded of them. That's a faith word. Isn't that right? They saw it afar off. They, in other words, they had revelation from God that it was coming. This is talking mostly about Jesus coming and redemption and all those things. <clears throat> they saw it afar off. They were persuaded of it. That's, that's a faith word. That's another word for believe. They were persuaded of them and they embraced them. Now that's one we don't think much about, but the rest of them we do. Confessed. We know about persuading or being persuaded. We know about confessing. But notice what he said there about embracing embracing. You need that, you know, when, when you, let's say you haven't seen a family member for a long time, when you see them, you're probably going to embrace them, right? Give them a hug. Well, that's what you need to do with the word. That's what you need to do with what God said to you. You need to get, get your arms wrapped around it and hold on to it. Embrace it. Oh, my, my, my. My introduction's done. This is my sermon here. <clears throat> Notice, embrace it. That's what you're to do. Notice, he said, Hebrews 2, don't let things slip. What does that mean? You got to, remember what we were preaching a couple weeks ago? Lay hold. Lay hold. Faith. That's one thing faith does. It lays hold. The doctor said six months, and the Bible said, by his stripes you're healed. Which one are you going to? Which one are you going to get a hold of? Which one are you going to lay hold of? Which one? Somebody said, well, I just can't help which one. I mean, it's just the one that, that just kind of keeps coming to me. No. You can take thoughts or reject thoughts. Jesus said, take no thought. That means you can resist thoughts. Amen. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. Uh, remember the vision the Lord gave me in healing school of the people one morning? I was praying before the service, and I, ha I had a vision of the service. I was getting ready to preach, and the people were sitting. I'm seeing into the spirit now. The people were sitting in the service embracing their sickness or kind of had their arms around their sickness. I couldn't understand that because the Lord said, uh, I mean, uh, well, I'll tell you what he said in a minute, but I couldn't understand because I knew in my spirit they were holding fast to it. But I, how many of you know, every one of them, if you had asked them, are you holding fast or holding on to your sickness? Probably most of them would have said no. And here's, they would have said, well, of course not. I'm here to receive healing. Of course not. But that's what I saw. I'm saying, Lord, you have to help me understand this. They're here to receive healing. What do you mean they're holding on to their sickness? Here's what he said to me. Don't ever let this get away from you. And he gave me this verse, by the way, afterwards. He said, what their attention is, what they're thinking about, their attention is on. And what their attention is on, they are embracing. Hmm? 
Huh? When you're always thinking about what the doctor said, always thinking about how it hurts, always thinking about all the other things, circumstantial, you're holding on to it. You need to let it go. You can't hold on to it and the word at the same time. That's the truth. So um, the Lord said that to me and he said, he was basically telling me their minds and their attention is on all the circumstances, all the pain, all the so forth and so on. And he was saying that's, they're holding on to it. And then he said to me later from this verse, Hebrews eleven thirteen, the more attentively you look at a thing, true or false, the word or the, what the devil's saying, either one, the more attention, uh, attentively you look at a thing, the more your heart can embrace it and take it in and lay hold on it. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Lay hold. Lay hold of what? Whatever belongs to you. But you can't do that if your attention is on the wrong things. Because that's part of laying hold. I don't like leaving services with the sense of, that, that, that was good, but it doesn't, you know, I don't really need that. This has saved my life. Yes. This, this has saved yes. my life. Yes. I was going under a couple of times, especially between the first and second, first, second phase, coming here to pastor. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, the only way I made it through is I didn't look. I didn't hold on to that. If you'd have asked me then what I felt like, I'd have said, I feel like it's over. I feel like I'm going back to farming or something else. Just, just, I'm just being honest with you. But look at how much of a lie that was. But it spoke loud to me. Back then, it, I mean, it's just imposing. It's, it's intimidating. It's, it's, it's boisterous. It's loud. But I just turned my attention. Remember what Jesus did whenever the uh, Jairus came? Remember, well, sent service and, you know, come lay your hands on so forth. And so the woman with the issue of blood stopped the thing in the middle. This is in Mark 5. I'm almost done. Yeah, that's good. Keep going. Keep going. And the Bible said Jesus got stopped and got her testimony. And while they're getting their testimony, somebody came from Jairus' house and said, trouble not the master anymore. This is, this is Jairus' friends or servants, and they're talking to Jairus. Trouble not the master anymore. Your, your daughter has de- is dead. Remember that? Yes, sir. Remember what the, this verse 35, verse, or no, yeah, verse 35, verse 36 says in the King James, it says, Jesus, how does it say it in the King James? But as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, fear not, believe only. The Amplified says, overhearing, but ignoring. Can I do that? Yes. Yes. It's legal. <laughs> Amen. What a way to live. The devil's yakety yak yak. You take God's word, you answer it, and then you turn your attention away from it. Praise be to God. You don't have to live under that stress, that torment. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> And your heart can embrace something other than what the devil's saying. Yes. 
You can lay hold of King, King James says eternal life. First Peter, I mean, first uh, Timothy six twelve. In order to receive from God, you have to turn your attention to it. It's like a receiver in football. Yes, he's running this pattern. He knows exactly the pattern. He knows exactly where the ball is coming. But he has, but he cannot just do this. He has to finally look. He, you understand? Because he might have to adjust. Amen. In other words, that he's called a receiver. That's the position that he's playing. The receiver. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Any receivers in here? Yeah. Amen. So you take God's word. That's what it says. That's what it yeah. says. Run the pattern. Here's what it says. Here's what it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Sure enough. Turn around. Right there it is. Woo! Glory. Glory. The word guided you right into it. Kept your attention on the word. Kept your attention on the word. There it is. Tell your neighbor, that's me. I am a receiver. I am a receiver. Listen, somebody said, I can just hear it. Somebody said, well, you know, it's not that big of an issue, you know, receiving from God. I'm interested in evangelism and things like that. Yeah, and you'll not get very far in evangelism unless you become a good receiver. Amen. This is not all about a bless me club. I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying this has got to be a part of our lives or we just won't finish. I'm going to finish. How about you? Glory. Are you ready to do the word now? Did we come to church just to hear a good sermon or are we going to go do something about it? Hallelujah. Stand up with me. The message translation of the fourth chapter of Romans. Remember we started off back there in Romans 4 talking about Abraham. In the fourth chapter of Romans, when it says, considered not his own body, in the 19th verse, the message translation said, Abraham didn't focus on his own, own impotence and say it's hopeless, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. I read that word survey. Uh, the, one of the first times I saw that word survey is when we were buying our land and they had to survey it. So that, that word jumped out at me. He didn't survey. Sarah's, you know, decades of inability to have a child. Amen. A survey is a study that inspects and examines a certain piece of land or something like that to know exactly what's there and what's not there. And then it reports it in a statement of declaration. It's called a survey. It's describing the findings. But he's talking about surveying the natural realm. You know, you look at your body, you look at the doctor's report, you look at all the, well, they don't have the medicines to, to heal this and what all. And you can survey all of that. And just, be, just end up hopeless. No faith. Amen. Amen. He's saying, don't do that with your circumstances. But here's what I get out of that when I read that. Do that with the word. Yes. Amen. 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 People can tell you all about their problem. All about when it started. All about when it, where it hurts. All about when it hurts the most. Are you making any, you getting anything out of this? Amen. And they'll tell you all about the emotions they have when it hurts. 
and how their doubts come whenever they, you know, think about how it hurts. They'll tell you all that. But you ask them about the Bible, they haven't done any survey of the scriptures. See, just do what the devil's trying to get you to do with your circumstances. Do that with the word. Just do that with the word. Amen. Hold the devil in the arena of what the word says. Don't let him hold you in the arena of sight. You hold him in the arena of faith. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't survey. Well, this person had this condition and they died. The devil will bring all kinds of things for you to survey. Well, if they couldn't receive, I don't know why I think I could. Don't survey that. Survey the word. Just keep going back to the word. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your, your, your word. Thank you for the privilege of walking by faith. It's not just a badge we wear on our lapel. It's our lifestyle. Hallelujah. This is the way we live. Father, we consecrate ourselves to this kind of living. Oh, my, my, my. It's the escape from so many things, so many situations. It's the escape from torment in our minds and so many conditions the enemy brings. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for giving us something better to look at than what we see in the circumstances of life sometimes. Hallelujah. Father, we're doers, not just hearers of your word. Thank you for the privilege of hearing this kind of truth. It's a, it's a great lamp to our feet. shows us how to live. We thank you, Father. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 If you've been tormented, you know, just... How do I say it? It's, I can almost speak in tongues and describe it, but it's like you, your mind just never stops. But I'm not talking about, you know, what, you know thinking about the scriptures. I'm talking about just, just kind of like... I just sense there's people here this morning, you got your mind just kind of never stops. It's just kind of always, it's kind of bouncy. It bounces off one thing for a while and, and, and kind of bounces around in one area. And then it bounces off of another, you know, thinking about think, kids and thinking about this, and then thinking about the job, and then thinking about the, the, this, this relative, and then thinking, you know, just, just kind of, it's, it's an uncontrolled thought life. Take what you heard this morning and start getting a hold of that. Practice, take, just take, if it takes just five or ten minutes to start with, practice sitting down with nothing, no noise in the house, no, no, no radio playing, no TV playing, no internet, nothing. No music, just you and your Bible meditating on one verse for 10 minutes. What I'm doing is getting you to stop that busyness. You know what I'm talking about? And practice that until you get a hold of your thought life. Anybody listening to me this morning? Until you get a hold of your thought life and you have, you know, seasons of untroubled thoughts. And keep practicing it until you learn to do that all day long. 
and you don't live with that, you know, bouncy thoughts. Am I making any sense? I'm, I know the people that I'm talking to, I, they know what I'm talking about. Proverbs 4 says, my son, attend to my words. You know those verses. Then he said, they're life to those that find them. You look up the word find, it means to find them out, really. Discover them through revelation of the Spirit. Meet with them and lay hold of them. So once you find out what the Word says, meet with it. You know what I mean by meet with it? Spend time meditating on it. Meet with it so that your spirit can lay hold of it. Some of you, what's going to happen is you're going to lay hold of peace whenever you start keeping your mind stayed on the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody that's ever been tormented knows it's a, it's a wonderful blessing. Peace is one of my top picks of the blessings of God because <laughs> I was tormented, you know. So I'm just so thankful for peace. But some of you, I can just sense there's people here, you need to get a hold of that. Get a hold. Don't, don't just... You know, our minds want to be busy. They want to dominate us. If it's not thinking about something, we fall asleep. Well, if I do that, I'll fall asleep. Okay, when you wake up, go right back to the Word. Probably need some rest. Right? Amen? Any doers in here? Your mind shouldn't be just busy, busy, busy all the time, thinking about this, thinking about that, thinking about the other. I'm not saying there's not times you got to think about things. But I'm saying it can't be just kind of kind of drug around, you know what I mean? It's just like drug around. The enemy's just kind of keeping it busy, keeping it drug around, taking it through all kinds of scenarios and what ifs and what am I going to do if and all kinds of stuff. It's not the peace of God. Amen. Well, praise God. Anybody want to sing something? You got something? Worship team? We'll leave uh, just as in, you know, sing this through a time or two. Thank you, Father. I've learned that... Uh, People appreciate these kinds of services. The enemy's working in this area. Can anybody testify and say, I needed what, what was preached this morning? The devil loves to harass people. He loves to torment. But we're on to it, right? Praise God. Let's sing something. What do you got? Thank you, Father. I'm keeping my mind stayed. Yes, oh, yeah. the word. My mind stayed upon the word. My mind stay upon the word, my meditation night and
Pastor Nancy said a number of years ago, blessed me so much. She said, every attack, regardless of what area it's in, what, what arena of our lives it's in, it comes with a mental attack along with it. Amen. Let's win this thing. What do you say? Let's not, let's not be losing out in this area of our thought life. Hallelujah.